Welcome back, friends, to Occultus Anonymous and our Mage the Awakening Chronicle into the West. This is episode 33, Loitering and Littering. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Occultus Anonymous and um, our Mage the Awakening Chronicle into the West. Uh, podcast, guys. Sorry, you just heard that twice. Uh, <laughs> sponsored by Roll20, the Onyx Path, and viewers like you. Thank you very much to our patrons who support us monetarily. Um, also, those who like, comment, subscribe, all that kind of stuff, all that engagement. It helps spread the show out. It's free to you, uh, unless you're subscribing on Twitch, in which case it may cost you money. Unless you're using Amazon Prime and just stealing money from Jeff Bezos, you do you, right? Um... But uh, yeah, so thank you. However you support and share and show it to your friends. It's, uh, it's very cool that you're helping us out. However you, however you can. Uh, a special shout out. I'm totally stalling, but Patreon is not. Okay, there we go. <laughs> sort by alphabet. Okay. Thank you to Atel, Al, Alexander, Andrew, Angfalith, Ars Magica, Bernie, Buck, Chandler, yeah. Magic, Chris, <laughs> Chronicles of Dorkness, and we love it that way, Clara, Doug Deloon, Emil, Funzu Surali, George, Jack, James, Jenny, John Jacob, Jingleheimer, Schmidt, John, Josh, Julian, Catfeathers, CrazyMan1772, Michael, Milo V3, Ms. Grumpy, Moist Voice, Motu, yes, Mozart can. D Minor, uh, Nova, Perry, Puppeteer, Resident of the Commonwealth, Raphio, Shaksara, <laughs> uh, Terran, that that thyrsus with the thigh highs. Uh, Thomas Ususama, uh, Vortex Falcon, and Zoltan. Who stole my screen name? Excellent. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, you have to figure that out in Discord. <laughs> yeah. um, man, I love you all. You're terrific and a pain in the rear. Uh, when we last left. The coven, uh, they had started on their wacky, wonderful journey following a journal full of high speech. Mm-hmm. It seemed to give directions towards some kind of gateway or entrance to new knowledge. And if nothing else, it was a curiosity that they were pretty dead set after a year of having it uh, in following. The first challenge, first leg of the journey, I guess, um, sent them a day's journey from home, uh, during which they were to keep an eye out for what they knew, what they didn't know, catalog it, talk about it. And at the uh, end of that leg, they were visited by a ghostly aberration, uh, far more than a normal ghost, uh, who wanted to take mana and willpower from them and Things got a little bit heated between them and the ghosts, and then a little bit amongst the coven itself. And then everybody kind of settled, um, and there's some words, and then everybody just kind of went their own ways. Um, was there... Oh, Ralph, I think you mentioned that there was something that you had done that night before. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, Legba's pretty invested in understanding, and the first day was about the difference between understanding and ignorance how you can cross that gap, at least in his mind. So uh, he had decided on recording his insights over the course of the, the journey. Fortunately, he was able to achieve the first dot in prime. 
uh, before the journey began. And so as he retires for the evening, he enters his Oneros and uh, he tries to replicate something like the journal, right? He starts off a page uh, with the first quote or the first lesson for that day. And then he thinks to himself and, and, and considers whether or not he could imbue this with magic, whether he could make this a magical construct in a way. Sure. Thinks, what is this? What What's the nature of that journal before? When at first he thought of it as just text, what is what is a journal? It's a journey. Right? There, there's a significance to things that are imbued with the speech. And so he writes his own journal in high speech on his own insights, what he's learned for the day. And so he's, this is like the creating a grimoire in his mind. Gotcha. Not, Which won't yet have any roads. Right, not that he has any right. roads yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That but, was going to um, be my question. Yeah, he doesn't have any roads. Yeah. But uh, the point is, is that it is a construct that could receive it. Right. So. Gotcha. Uh, so not actually com- uh, committing the spell or anything, but creating that mental framework for it, basically. Yeah, I mean, technically you can create a grimoire before you put the roads in there. So, right? Because I, I understand there's no purpose, but in his mind, he's trying to enforce his will such that this is um, this is the beginning of something important to him. Sure. So I, I'd be totally okay with committing the mana now and mm-hmm. creating a lasting oneurotic grimoire, if you'd like. I gotcha. Um, bum, 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 bum. No, I think we'll hold off because, I mean, it is just one mana. And so mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's just we're going to check that off because there's no withstand. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, we'll just we'll just wait. I, I like the idea of, you know, this being and that's what I was trying to get to. This is the first step in the experiment of how to make a grimoire mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I don't yeah. think there's I mean, well, I guess it would cost you two mana for the last thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. Cool. Um, otherwise, is there anything else people were doing that night? Other than great insights, but that's it. So cool. Uh, so we cut to that night. Theo, um, in a. Well, I mean, do you want to do you want to describe the 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 surroundings? So Theo is just stalked off into the dark. Um, to find a space where she can't see the camp. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully out of, out of earshot and stuff like that, but she's going to be making a lot of noise. <laughs> um, and just uh, like she's picking up energy as she's marching away and just sort of letting the emotions kind of take control. And then at one point she just sort of stops and just raises up her hands and goes, <laughs> and like tears a rent into the um, end of the prairie. Mm. Um, and just moving Earth around and ripping the prairie up and stuff using a shaping spell uh, over and over as a way to work out her frustrations. And so afterwards, well, well, uh, well plowed, well, well turned Earth, and it's like, yep, this is all all set for seeding. Anytime anyone <laughs> wants to come by, it's just been turned up. Rude, so many rodents burrows. Yep. But then once she's burned off her immediate frustration, just kind of sit in the dark for a little bit and think about what happened. Sure. Eventually, probably after a couple hours, she'll come back. Gotcha. 
so yeah well into evening when she comes back and at which point um imagine most people have kind of made their way to bed i imagine very D, &D style it's like yeah we're gonna keep a watch just because we are out in the middle of nowhere somebody needs to keep the fire going a little bit and just you know be aware of what's going around or what's going on because uh, even though like for instance uh i'm said rough uh cloak has the ability to not be surprised has to remain awake for that which can be a little bit um difficult uh which oh uh did actually bring up a question for for ralph when you sleep i imagine you actually step out of the astral for that time um, i don't think so okay. it was a bodily thing mm -hmm. right? well i'm thinking about like literally resting the mind hmm. aspect of stuff um uh, think about it it may be something that we come back to and talk about you know like you know what cloak. you probably do i mean you dream right mm -hmm. so the thing is the dreams are just the the shores of the astral right so on legba's mind at this point he's so used to dreaming and it's such an important part of odoo that he wouldn't feel the need to relax out of it perhaps that's the time when he spends in his oneros meditating right. in his oneros reflecting on what he's learned in the astral gotcha. or um i'd also be okay with him experiencing dreams and then looking for the prophetic significance within them right we haven't explored that aspect of it yet yeah so. well that's because you know like lucid dreaming as, mm -hmm. as yeah, a spell exactly. but yeah mm -hmm. actually as the the function so okay we'll talk about yeah. that sometime because mm -hmm. that's Cause mages can do it the spell just allows you to do it without rolling right you can roll intentionally so i'll have to figure that out um that'll be good um so when theo you get back to camp you find jewels oh just one question first did you want to do any like um, I, I don't think I'm provoking paradox or anything, but because of your state, did you want to do a wisdom or something? Are you good with that? Because of oh, wisdom eight. Because of her because of her mental state, did you want to do a wisdom roll? Like she's just throwing magic around a wild abandon, but she is. Uh, but what do you think? Um, I mean, for me, I see this as you know, this is especially considering her daemon um mm. and things like that it's one of those like is this a you know similar to the, some of the discussions we've had with with uh ralph about legba's stuff it, is this something that she could do with magic you know or not because that's the main thing of, okay. in terms of wisdom uh and right. wisdom eight it's like this is one way of letting out frustration but you could let frustration out without magic but is this more about as your daemon venting and using your power because you have it mm -hmm. so i'm i'm up for for however whichever way you want to go with that yeah this is the this is using the power to use the power this isn't but yeah. i'm going to give it a shot all right i mean it's five dice um mm -hmm. i don't think this leans into your obsession in any way <laughs> um, um it does lean into my vice, though. Right, so that is a minus one. So four dice. Okay. Um, and I'm wisdom seven, just to correct. Wait, if you're wisdom seven, then this definitely does not provoke. Oh, uh, it doesn't count? Okay, mm, that's no, fine. Because, yeah, uh, wisdom eight and above is when you get enlightened yeah. and using magic when you could just do it mundanely. That's that threshold. That's why most right. mages fall below seven, because all of a sudden they're like, you know what? I just want my toast right now. I want my Pop-Tart <laughs> right now. Uh, I can't even wait for the toaster. So, 
So uh, back to the camp and Jules, yep. is there? Yeah, Jules is, you know, kind of leaned up. There's some log or large rock that he's, you know, got set up around the fire, leaned his back against the wagon, and he's got, you know, the coach gun um, across his lap. And he's kind of nodding back and forth, like trying to stay awake, uh, probably like has the first shift or, you know, whatever. And let's be honest. Jules, the city boy, not a frontiers guy. Yeah, this is this is not his normal you know thing. But when he sees you coming back, um, takes a moment to to recognize you, and then oh okay yeah that is that is Theo. You know the gun kind of comes back down and and then has the realization of and like looks towards whatever you know, small camp or, you know, bedroll or whatever, and just realizes now, oh, have you, have you been gone this entire time? I can take over, why don't you get some sleep? And he's, he's, he's trying to read, especially the quick reaction of, yeah, yeah, just go to sleep. And he's like, is everything okay? And it, like, you, there's there's this waiver to his voice where he's both checking in on your like emotional state, but also mm-hmm. magic Hopefully bullshit has been happening, and that ghost just left. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Theo Kwam and composes. Yeah, I'm fine. He kind of looks around and like you know squints at the various you know bodies that all seem to be asleep and says. It's just us. You want to talk about anything? I don't know what there is to talk about. Um, sometimes when you're part of a group, the individual has to yield to the group. That's all part of the contract you make when you join a group. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like immediately he's like, oh, I'm not getting into that conversation <laughs> at all. <laughs> Uh, but he nods. He goes, "Okay, but you know, the, the the individual has a voice, and we can we can discuss that. And you know, it's it's the whole democracy thing, you know, the 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 American experiment, I guess." Um, and also realizing that he is talking to somebody who's not American <laughs> at all, <laughs> and, and a woman at that. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, and he's a Brit. Uh, I'm just oh, okay. <laughs> no one here is American, <laughs> right? Shit, is it literally. Yeah, I guess nobody's American. I mean, maybe sort of, kind of Gisela, just because of the route she took. But yeah, well, she's not German anymore, right? So American in the idealistic melting pot way of we aren't, mm-hmm. but we all are, right? And so Jules kind of nods and okay, well, as long as you're sure and, you know, kind of gets up and passes the coach gun, like, towards you. Um, of course, like, you have magic, so she, he's like, mm, you know, just, do you want it? Do not? And then makes his way, you know. Um, I actually realized how, how many folks are actually under the wagon? Or potentially in the back of the wagon uh, to sleep. So I know that was a classic one. All right. Probably nope. would have just laid out on the mm-hmm. on the ground with like blankets. Right. Yeah, because I know blankets and a Jose. That's true. Nice and warm. Yep. 
<laughs> Snuggle the horses. Um, cool. Uh, so yeah, morning comes. Uh, of course, that means overnight everybody gets a willpower back. I know everybody has, uh, well, except for Jules, at, spent at least one willpower talking with the, the morning choir. Uh, morning chorus. That's the one. Thank you. Uh, you can change it to morning choir. That's what you prefer. No, that's good. I just literally didn't have my notes up. Um, I'm going to scour too. Okay. What are you scouring? I'm scouring composure. Mm, no. No, that's, that's my physical. Right. Mm -hmm. Sorry. So I will scour stamina. Okay. <laughs> How's this say? Build, build your composure up so you can scour it? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. Um, oblate. Okay. Uh, I will roll it. Mm -hmm. The uh, cool. Um, morning, you know, passes. Well, evening passes into morning. Um, I I like the idea that. Jules is the one making breakfast, but then I also realize I'm shit. I'm turning him into Titus, so I can't do that. Um, actually, it, does does anybody have a a penchant for cooking, or you know likes to? Okay. So yeah, Theo is making breakfast. Um, people are going through their morning oblations, literally and metaphysically, and uh, I'm. You guys start to head out, or? I'm deferring to Theo. Like, does it say? Mm. What does um, the book say? So Theo goes and grabs her notes, and, uh, and then you see her, like, flip back and forth a couple times between her notes and the actual journal. Um, and then she flips back and forth through the journal a couple times. There's a new page here. What? What? In your book or no? In, book? in the the book. Um, it's a mostly blank page. Um. And uh, gives it to Leg because he's more fluent than she is. Okay. He takes it. And uh, I'll just give you the translation, if that's all right. Mm -hmm. sure. She watches and schemes. She studies your thoughts, your designs, your reactions. She is a snake. She is the fox among sheep. And that's all the page says. She watches and schemes. I'm going to copy-paste this into Roll20 so everybody has it. Yeah. Is it written in the same writing? It is in Greek, and it is in high speech. I mean, like, the same handwriting? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, aside from that, the, the directions from here are greet the rising sun and follow it till it sets thrice. Once for your past and foundation, once for your vibrant present and thirst for, thirst for truth, and once for your inevitable end and what you leave for others. Transition from the ignorance of the past to the awakened will workers that you are. Along your travel, place a monument, an effigy, a symbol, 
That's where the uh, page is. <clears throat> of what you are leaving behind. Leave it behind and do not look back. It is no longer needed. You have risen above it. Now, when you say greet the rising sun and follow it till it sets. Thrice. Sure. Do you go on east or west? It moves, yeah. Greet the rising sun. And follow okay. it until it sets. Mm-hmm. What the rising sun rises in the east, I think you just go east for three days. But that we won't be I... following the sun. You won't be following it until it sets if you're going east. You're walking away from it. To give further clarity, at least for where you all are in Colorado, that means you would actually be heading kind of southeast, then south, mm-hmm. and then southwest. Sure. Um, and Theo considers a moment. I hadn't thought to interpret it that way. I just all right, because it's then. not an arc overhead. It's because mm-hmm. we're fairly far north, which also means. If you were, say, equilateral, or towards the equator, uh, more equilateral. Oh, back and forth. Yeah, you go east, then we're going to stop, and go west. Yes. Just okay, to... that is the intention. Got yes. it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, w- welcome more to Mortimer Bethune going, fuck this thing, this is dumb. To the spooky door. So, so once for our past, once for our present, and once for our future death. Inevitable mm-hmm. end. And yep. I don't know if we each make an effigy or we make one combined. It seems like it should be personal if it's what you have left behind. Because mm-hmm. that's going to be different for all of us. And is it a monument each day? For each I will go ahead and let you stage? guys know that it's just it's just the one. Somewhere in those three days. Okay, just leave a monument. But yeah, Jules. So thing. this go ahead. woman, this she is this to be our next challenge? Or our hostess? You know as much as I do. Have we already messed up this for today? How high is the sun? I mean, I imagine you guys are getting up, you know, a little bit, you know, once dawn starts to happen, you know, sun starts to come up over the mountains. I have a feeling it's more about the effort than the exact precision. That's kind of my thought, too. But we can follow the sun as it tracks across the sky. Be a little more meandering. But we should still end up a fair bit south from where we are. Came west to get out here? Mm-hmm. All right. As you guys, I think, said you didn't want to go directly towards Fort Leon. Right. Mm-hmm. So everybody mounts up and follows the sun. 
put stuff. Uh, unless anybody has any intervening stuff to bring up or decides to leave a marker, do let me know. Um, but uh, the first day continues on through towards, well, we're heading southeast, and then as the sun keeps moving and you just keep turning your path a little bit. Go ahead, Ralph. Should say Legba sent his astral self into Tenochtitlan again. Okay. Um, I want to work before we take off entirely. I want to well, work with uh, uh, Isabel. Mm -hmm. I just want to erase our camp, like all evidence of our camp. Cool. I can do the Earth side if you can do the life side. Is that something you can do? Um, you mean like regrowing grass? Yeah, because it's all going to be tamped down and stuff from where Ragon was and where we were sleeping and there'll be a fire pit and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah, I'm good with that being a Gnosis plus life kind of thing because that's straight up the, like, oh, you grow X number of rose bush uh, example that they have. Uh, same thing for Greg doing just Gnosis plus. Yeah. Gnosis plus uh, uh, matter. Not for me. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, which actually makes for a weird combination of like, yeah, there's, you know, clear like spots where a, a fire had been dug, but it's grown back up and there's, you know, grass over things. And it's just it like, like it was a longer time ago than it was. Oh, actually, yeah, it probably does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Somebody once made camp here, but, you know, it's been a while. I like that. <laughs> being being a little paranoid, are we, Craig? Just considering who we're traveling with and the fact that there's a um, very curious person that we left behind in Purgatory Bluff, I just want to... Gotcha. Cool. Theo, Don't leave a trail of breadcrumbs from the border. Hmm? Did Theo stay up all night? Uh, just for um, whatever Jules' watch was. Hmm. Yeah, imagine... There was some arrangement beforehand, especially like you know, once sun had set. Word. Okay. Um, but yeah, so you guys head out, um, and like I said, start that eastward, then south, then southwest. Uh, Legba is greeted in Tenatichlan as Legba, and you find that the space that you had set aside for you still remains there it's only been a day since you left there anyways um and there's a acknowledgement that you're back but mm -hmm. you definitely have the the feel of legba stepping into a place and into a role now within that specific realm of the temenos fantastic um slowly becoming part of the ship part of the crew part of the ship mm -hmm. um was the other thing oh so uh on the wagon uh rilla kind of because on the wagon it's yeah rilla theo gisela and jules no not jules uh and cloak, cloak. right like yeah yeah because yeah. uh jules and isabel are writing um Rilla kind of 
leans over towards Gizla and says, So... I didn't get a good look, but uh, mm -hmm. what was that spell? Actually, I think she still has it on her. I haven't released it. Okay, yeah. Um, so in that case, yeah. minor retcon. So she looks and kind of like makes a gesture at the general vicinity and where this big Gisela supernal symbol is sitting over her head kind of thing. She goes, uh, what gives? Uh, or actually I think more appropriately, Rilla says, is there something you were protecting me from? But just me? And like kind of looks over at Theo and Cloak and goes, like, you know. I think you're the one most at risk and I don't know what I didn't know what we were dealing with and I needed it to work quickly so it only covered you would you like me to undo it because there are I mean you have a destiny. And there are people who would want to take advantage of that and use you. And we are out of town. I think you mentioning that you're out of town, that's when it kind of clicks and she goes, oh. Okay. Yeah. So I just kind of wanted to make that harder for them if they were to try. Okay. Your life and your choices should be your own. That's, okay. That's fair. Just... Okay. Just it felt a little singled out. So, I mean, I mean it, it makes kind, sense. Yeah, I, I, I was, yeah. <laughs> Um, just, but how do you deal with this whole destiny thing? Like, I know yours isn't to be used and manipulated, I guess, the way I'm destined to, but. Well, we don't really know what you're destined. Well, it's vague, right? Change the world? Yeah. But, I mean, the Diamond Order made it pretty clear that it was going to ruin the world. Or She kind of sits back a little bit and goes, I guess it might ruin their world. Maybe. God, those guys are assholes. You're meant to, to shake things up. That's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that part. But... Yeah, I guess this gets into that whole wisdom discussion. And, uh, of course, I should bring up, you know, uh, Theo and Cloak are definitely, like, within earshot for any of this, so. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's just, hmm. Maybe I should lean into it more. I mean, now that we're out of town and, like, see what it is I can shake up. Yeah, I've thought about going back to, to England and, you know, 
having a stern conversation with the Royal Society or, or something like that. That does sound satisfying. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, show up and just drop some new discovery that I totally wouldn't have made up all by my magical self. Um, and just, yeah. Put them in their place. Yeah. Would you come with me? And, like, <laughs> looking from, like, Gisela and then over to Theo and then back over to Cloak and going... Oh, before the, yes. Before the words are even spread out throughout the wagon, Theo says, if you want us. Yeah. What, what, what about you, Ungan Cloak? Uh, Legba? Um, do you want to. I am not Legba right now. You can call me Cloak. Go thumb our nose at a bunch of old white scientists, philosophers. That seems infantile. A little bit. What do you hope to accomplish in doing so? So, what's the polite way of saying this? Uh, taking them down a peg? Ooh, ooh, teach them humility. There's more to the world than they think. And the way they do things. I doubt that will be a lasting lesson. Hmm. Some of them may already know. It is true that the gap between ignorance and understanding is traversed by humility. However, it is something that must be chosen. It is not something you can deliver to another through a stern rebuke or an expression of censure or judgment. Don't know that I agree with that. It's a lesson. Yeah. I know they're, they're, they're oh, probably... turns to Gisela and says, I will repeat the words you are so fond of saying to me. You are entitled to think that. And then he turns to Rilla and says, I'll reinforce the point I'm trying to make, which is that, as we discussed last night, everyone's entitled to whatever mistakes they want to make in their life. And you learn things about yourself and the world through those mistakes. You learn much less through other people's opinions on your mistakes, especially if those opinions are delivered in a way that is not emotionally salient. But the reason why I ask you the question is, what do you hope to gain? I am here to aid you. There's a little bit of personal satisfaction, but honestly, uh, teach them a lesson in a... What's it? Sorry, Drew, Drew's mind blank went, went away. In a actual, real, literal sense of teach them a lesson that the contributions of women and and black men shouldn't be you know, discounted. I doubt the latter is something that will take from your words. You know, just... That's it. Really, don't let Oak Rain on the parade. I think it sounds like a fine idea. If you want to do that, I'm behind you 100%. I'm not trying to discourage it. I would appreciate it if you do not describe my statement as a rain on parade. I'm what are really you trying, trying to, to do? I asked a question, and I'll reinforce what I said to you last night when I was trying to deliver you a compliment. I'm frequently misunderstood, and there's an assumption about my intent without inquiring further, and a description, and then an expression of dislike or distaste. I am not accountable to your feelings about what I say. 
I am accountable to how I treat you all, not to what I do in the course of approaching wisdom. Rilla asked me a direct question about what I think about this, and I'm trying to aid her in pursuing the path of wisdom and approaching Sophia. And the easiest way to do that is to focus on our own needs and not to focus on what we perceive to be the needs of other people. And so I'll reinforce the meaning for my question is merely, what do you really hope to gain for yourself? And then the corollary to that is, is there a way that you might be able to gain that for yourself without inflicting possible harm on another person? And she's got a, a grin on her face and she says, yeah, some self-satisfaction and I don't think will harm anybody by bringing forth a scientific discovery that a bunch of women in the American frontier discovered. Wonderful. Like you can, like Rilla kind of leans back and you can see gears turning as she tries to figure out, it's like, is there something that she can find out here using the bevy of arcana that she's got? to try and figure out, you know, what, what, what she can show up with. I would like to believe that they would listen to you presenting them with discoveries and facts backed up by evidence, but... That's true. Will the evidence be enough if it's... If it's a woman saying it? Yeah. Hmm. Jules! <laughs> um, and the conversation continues kind of lightly. And it's very much like Rilla is just in a bit of a... It's a daydream, pipe dream, kind of like, wouldn't it be cool if uh, mm -hmm. kind of conversation. Um, but otherwise, um, I don't know if there's any other discussions that happened that day as you guys move from south to southwest and the sun setting. you guys kind of set up camp that that evening uh, uh, i'm gonna say i am going to start working on my monument oh okay um i am knitting i'm taking some of the um the supplies we brought ostensibly to trade mm -hmm. and um i'm gonna have three days to work on this so it's not gonna be like enormous mm -hmm. but i'm basically um, kind of working on working in like a story into what's basically be a scarf oh. and it's meant to be like my life before awakening so little symbols worked in there okay. and I'm gonna spend three days working on it to get it as large and intricate as possible. I like that. Um, and nobody has to, like, ha do it today or anything like that, but does anybody else have thoughts on what they're doing? Because some of mm -hmm. Rilla's conversation here, by the way, is her figuring out what she's going to leave behind. Um, Makes sense. Yep. But, um, well, like, if there's... 
uh, on the first day that's ostensibly about the half past is mm -hmm. when she's thinking most. She doesn't talk much to, to the rest of the group today and provided that nothing big happens at camp. Um, she spends time building a sort of cairn um, but in the um, uh, it ends up looking like a small well instead of like a ring of stones kind of thing built up and stuff like that um, and uh, she asks uh, Theo to make it watertight on the inside a little bit of shaping just smooth the stones out on the inside um, and then fills it with water and from her bag um, reaches out and pulls out um, two big long um, studded string earrings uh, of emeralds Mm, cool. Um, and places them into the water with some earth and stuff to cloud it up. They are the last piece of jewelry that she brought with her wow. from home. Rilla, like, steps over, and smiles, and looks down, and she says, I know this is moment of reflection and that this is you giving up a piece of your past if I had known you had those I totally would have bought them from you they're the only ones I couldn't bring myself to sell is there something special about them oh you know the usual sort of thing uh, from the aristocracy. Somebody's grandmother passed oh. them down. Family jewels. Yeah. She gives them like a little wave and then gives you like a half hug and goes. Nah, I don't think she even says anything. Yeah, she's like, wait, I made the, I made a joke, and like, I'm not gonna <laughs> mess this up anymore. Um, anything from, uh, and it's absolutely okay if you guys characters end up like delaying or anything like that while they're thinking. Um, but anything from Theo or Cloak on that first day's journey. Oh, you know what? I should have said something. Go, go ahead, Greg. I'll wait. Uh, Theo's going to be spending the evening, <clears throat> probably into the night, um, crafting a headstone. Cool. Um, and there will be four names that appear on that headstone. Mm. Um, Theodosia Molina. Feloja Molina. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Stokes and Luca Stokes. Mm. And she'll set it up as a as a marker. 
as if we're marking a grave. And with care and attention to detail like she spends a lot of time on it that's wonderful is that something that she for lack of a better term plants that night like near the camp or is it something that she's going to plant along the journey or something like that along the like a no show planted that night okay. just a short ways away from the camp gotcha. so yeah um she will also just um invite everyone just to be there as witnesses when she sets it up. Kind of no. a, a faux mock, bad term, funeral. Not not a funeral, and she's not expecting anyone to say anything. She just wants, she feels that there's a significant need to be observed, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. This isn't just about her. There's others that are involved in Just the presence of the other seems to be important to Theo. Sure. That's wonderful. And Ralph, you had something? Yes. Uh, at the in the morning, right? Having you know read that in the journal, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Cloak is holding his son in a kind of um, like reverent position. So throughout the day, it's in his hands. As opposed to, because I, I, I imagine there's a belt loop or something that it sits. Yeah, where he carries it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But yeah, he's holding it like he would hold uh, if his hands were full of water. So mm -hmm. there's definitely um, some symbolic significance to him holding it that way. But as um, as if he was sort of in the same way he was first given it, which isn't not something that necessarily the other members of the coven would have witnessed, right. right? They can probably derive the significance from his posture, at least the posture of his hands. So. I think, well, that's during the journey. Okay. Yeah. So he's doing that the whole day, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I can just say this happens the rest of the days as well. Okay. And then when we get to the third day, you'll see what happens. Okay. So. That's that's at least his plan. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like so that, that that's what I thought of immediately when I read those words. I was like, oh, okay, I know what has to happen here. Gotcha. Um, cool. Uh, so yeah, day one ends. Uh, roll into day two, uh, which because of your guys' movement and stuff like that, there's a little spot where it's like, wait, hang on, we've actually kind of been through this area because it's out west of town now. Well, sort of uh, zigzagging over west of town. And, you know, it's like, this is area. I'm like, oh, yeah, I think that's where the bandit camp actually used to be because it was, mm. you know, just a little ways away. Um, at, you know, some point to, you know, stop midday meal, something like that, rest the horses. Mm -hmm. After having seen the effigies and symbols left behind by the others... Uh, oh, I should double check that she can actually do this. Rella. Are we on day two? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, okay, which cool. willpower for everybody, by the way. And no weird things happening that night. And, um, hope late in the morning. Yep. As usual. There we go. Um, cool. 
So, yeah, okay. Um, she approaches a rock, kind of outcropping, something like that. Walks out to it. And in uh, a use of prime, marks a symbol on mm. the the stone um and it looks like a straight up raw supernal high speech symbol um prime is kind of at the center of it um mm. and any of you with just a little bit of like trying to translate uh works out that it basically just says whoops uh well, roughly translated, take nobody's word for it. Mm. Jules, Jules watching this, looks at it and everybody else's heads are nodding and he looks over at Cloak and goes, what's that say? It says, take no one's, or no, he would say, um, the literal translation is less important than what it should mean to you. Which is that you need to understand things from your own perspective and your own experience. If you'd like to explore that in more detail, we can. Yeah. Especially in the journal and now this. Wait, hang on. Translate. What does it actually say? Like, direct translation. It's direct translation is take no one's word for it. Ooh. And he speaks in Latin. I'm going to butcher it, but nullius in verba? Hmm. Looks back over at Rula and says, you're not going back. And she just gives him, like, a cheeky little smirk. Okay. Um, and, like, getting back with the horses and stuff like that. Uh, he does explain that's the motto of the Royal Society in Latin. Mm. Uh, take nobody's word for it. Mm. Like, okay. And, like, follows Rilla and there is the gentle, playful uh, sibling, you know, uh, harassment of oh now you're a frontiers woman are you gonna you know be mm -hmm. American uh, you're gonna find some cowboy uh, because the like ongoing you know frontiersman uh, wild west romance is still one of her like well had been nobody's checked in on her aspirations recently uh, yep. but you know definitely had been one of those things that a year ago like even Jules mm -hmm. knew about so mm -hmm. but yeah so that's a big supernal rune that similar to you know when somebody goes by that that good campfire spot and a good camping spot it's like wait there's this weird little well thing and a tombstone maybe we don't stay here <laughs> maybe maybe not uh whatever happened here that's just not um but um uh, it's a little bit after that break and uh lunch effectively as you guys are heading south that the 
plume, uh, for lack of a better term, of dust uh, is kind of visible out in the distance. And I mean, you guys are putting up a bit of dust and stuff uh, just from between the two horses plus the wagon dragging along. And you can see them from well off. Uh, I'll make sure I've got the right one. Uh, a small patrol, a group, whatever you want to call it, of men on horses uh, is visible in the distance. Um, an initial, like, spotting them from a distance. They're all wearing the same jacket, coat. Uh, very, very uniform kind of look to them. Uh, see very tall, kind of forward-leaning caps. And uh, there's a little bit of a bugle horn sound. And they move from just kind of crossing out through the Great Plains, right? And they shift and turn towards uh, you all. Mm-hmm. Not surprised. Live, everyone. Nope. Uh, yeah, Military? Sure. What was that? It's a good guess. Uh, Ash said military. Oh. Uh, as they get closer, uh, you can definitely recognize, uh, especially compared to the bandits who had like mismatched attire, and some of them didn't have a more military demeanor. These mm. folks look kind of cleaned up and... As they get closer, there's a bit of a, a wider spread, and you can see, well, count. Uh, hang on. Yeah, 12 of these men on horses, um, and there's a couple shouts, another little bugle sound, and they start to kind of surround, not really surround in the, like, fan uh, out. Thank you. That's the term. Yes. Um, and then kind of slowly kind of approach in, uh, not quite to the point of the Rohirrim showing up with the lances, po uh, poking <laughs> our boys in the Lord of the Rings, but definitely, you know, looking and seeing what's going on, Jules and, uh, Isabel, I imagine coming back towards the wagon anyways. How many are there? 12. Um, and as they get in, Oh, um, as they get in a little bit closer, they kind of rear back. Uh, there's a couple different m markers on them. I don't know what everybody uh, knows about the U.S. military, so we can get some uh, history or academics or whatever appropriate roles you think you may want. Um, but you can obviously see their U.S. military. Um, there's some uh, orange splashes and trim to their colors. One who seems to be in the lead has a red belt. Can I roll with firearms to see what they've got? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> Chris, I appreciate you so much. It's like, mm, whatever this shit is going to be, I'm just going to be ready. Um, okay, so firearms. Uh, yeah, Gisela, you can recognize that these men have well one of the obvious things especially as they all get in is that you can see they all have sabers pistols and shorter rifles um i don't know that she would necessarily know the term but they're carbines 
So not the long rifles, but a little bit more short. Like a saddle holster kind of thing? Um, yeah, I think they'd be a... Yeah. Yeah. They are designed for long range, but it's not a on horseback kind of thing. You'd use their pistols for that. Which, of course, because of our futzing with bullets and stuff like that. Um, yeah, these guys actually have revolvers and probably a smith and oh man i can't remember what it was winchester yeah anyways um so uh but as they kind of pull up and uh they direct their attention to jewels <clears throat> and uh whoops i have my notes sorry there we go uh the man in charge kind of seeing that nobody's like, I imagine, you know, we've got whoever's sitting in the passenger seat has a the coach gun, shotgun kind of there. Uh, but otherwise, nobody seems to be pointing weapons back at them or anything like that. Um, and the guy in the lead looks over at Jules and says, Sergeant Leo Waltz, second Dragoons, no, excuse me, first Dragoons, who are all of you? As he's like starting to recognize, like, there's... Two guys, one of them's black, the rest are all women. They're you're not on a track, you're heading away from any form of civilization. Yeah. And Jules is like, um, well, I'm Jules, this is Isabel Sh Sheriff Isabel. because uh, he's starting to I was like, well, town's just up that way, and um and you know, kind of quickly goes around introducing everybody by first name. Okay. Um. Well. May we help you, gentlemen? Just looking round. Um. Of note, his attention seems kind of fixated on Isabel and uh, Theo. And kind of watching. And says, if uh, y'all don't mind, just gonna take a look at what you're carrying. Where are you all headed? Eventually. Trading. We're on a journey. Going the wrong direction for Fort Leon. I said eventually. Well, is the is the U.S. Army in the regular stance of looking through people's belongings? Uh, your personal belongings, no. But uh, I mean, say you're going to Fort Leon, going the about exact wrong direction. As the sheriff said, we're taking a scenic route to get there. Uh huh. Sheriff of where? Purgatory Bluff. Corporal, you ever heard of a Purgatory Bluff? And another gentleman who, with a much more. Uh, well, first guy has a more studied accent, um, while the other has a far more rural accent uh says 
Mm, I think there's some mining town by that name around here, but... Don't know that they do a lot of overland trade. We don't. This is an experiment. We're a growing town with some burgeoning craft trades. And I have accompanied this group as their protector. There's a couple laughs from some of the privates. Um, and the, the sergeant kind of nods and says, Okay, well, if it's just crafts in there, we'll have a quick look, and y'all can be on your way. It was very hard at work imagining a dozen holes suddenly opening up in the earth. Not doing anything about it, just imagining <laughs> what it would be like. How, how satisfying this would be. I'm just going to show him thing I'm currently in the process of knitting. <laughs> right. Which, like, he nods and says, it's all stuff like that? I don't care. May I ask why you are so interested? Well, to be honest, it's a single wagon all by itself with one man to guard it. And there are Two. Two men and a sheriff guarding this. Right you are, ma'am. Regardless, that seems a bit of a small group. We're a small town. Do you mean to test our abilities to protect ourselves, sir? I'll see your asshole and raise you a badass <laughs> bitch. <laughs> I am side-eyeing as because I'm not trying to get into a fight with a dozen army men. Right. Uh, Sergeant kind of... Alright, men, dismount. All the privates start dropping down. You can definitely see some, like, side-eyes at the sergeant kind of stuff, but... Uh, I have all... some paradox dice for the spell that I cast before they got here. Uh, two of them. All right. Yeah, and sorry, I wasn't sure when you had planned to cast that, so that is a okay. She's getting that dexterity on uh ah okay trigger response levels. Oh, have a whole one's paradox. Are you still at eight wisdom? Yes, sir. I just don't make a big deal out of it. <laughs> uh, Sorry, that was a snipe. That was terrible. I mean, that said, I mean, I think Legba's up to... Legba hasn't hit 10 yet, right? No. No. We'll yeah. be after. Is he 9? 9 still, yeah. yeah. Nine. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. Um, um, and was that 5, 1, 8? 8 dice. Okay. Cool. Shy. Yep. There we go. So that bumps because it's potency spell, right? No, duration spell. Duration spell. Right. So bumps your decks up by three. 
Mm-hmm. Cool. All the way to six. Oh, did you spend the mana for the... I did, I cool. did. Uh, but yes, the the men, you know, dismount and nobody brings a rifle up. But uh, for your purposes, uh, these are dragoons, so they are not. I mean, they can fight on horseback, but the whole point is they ride to where they need to stand, get off the horses, fire your like riflemen, then get back on the horses and move on. Um, but yeah, and hence the fanning out thing and. But, uh, yeah, after that order... Uh... Isabel gets between them in the back of the wagon. I'm trying to think here. Yeah, so the... Well, because the, the privates don't move. They just, you know, are kind of fanned out. And the sergeant and corporal are still mounted. And to their credit, in the crossfire, right? Um and the sergeant and corporal are kind of moving towards the back of the wagon. Isabel intercepts. I think the corporal says, man, we just want to see that you're not carrying weapons. Besides your personal armaments there. We are not. You, uh, you understand we can't necessarily just take your word for it. We just need to look in what you I got understand you feel that way. And Corporal kind of shifts back a little bit and see his hand moving to his revolver, not drawing or anything like that, but just, you know, setting good. Is, I do not understand your hesitation and unwillingness to cooperate I don't appreciate or understand the reason why a squadron of men have surrounded my friends and I and I do not wish you to get inside of our wagon these are our goods and I will not have your hands on them we can make that arrangement man you want to bring them out and show there is a war just a few weeks well how far a few days south of here and you're concerned that we're smuggling weapons to your enemies it is definitely possible there have been multiple thefts out of Fort Leon and Fort Laramie you all are headed south, away from Fort Leon. It would be a cunning but improper, if you ask me, approach to moving things along with a bunch of nice women <laughs> and... Um, we just need to know. Then we will disappear. Return back to our patrol and leave you unbothered. 
You can show them the back of the cart. Just don't let them. We're concerned with being robbed. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, does Giza say that aloud? Yes, okay. like to them. It's just like, that's our concern here. The sergeant gets uppity. Uh, you can see uh -huh. the mouth opens, the attitude is about to come out, and the corporal is underling. But to say, sir, I think we can understand where they are coming from. And no, if if it is all right with you ladies, we will bring our horses around back here. And you can just show us what you have. And we will steer clear. Is that acceptable? I think that's acceptable. Okay. Like, you can watch as the sergeant kind of like, okay, you, you, this this worked. But then there's this look over to Jules, and it the one hundred percent the <laughs> dude. Why are you not backing me up? And Jules just gr is just grinning. He's like, no, you don't know what you fucked up with. Nah, you're on your own. Um, the so just he was totally prepared to throw down if that's where this went. But that little nod from Isabel. You know, heads to the back and just pulls out like a bolt of cloth. So, yeah. So they can see when they get there. Yeah. It's, you know, because I'm imagining ye old classic covered wagon pulling the back open and Cloak is back there and whoever else is riding in the back can just like open stuff, lift stuff. And the sergeant and corporal are both doing the initial inspection. Of what's in there? Okay. Hey, lift that up. And, you know, leaning over, eventually the sergeant. You can get the vibe that he's like, yeah, no, this isn't, this isn't what's going on. Kind of pulls back and gets the privates back mounted up, and while the corporal finishes, and then uh, the sergeant is talking under his breath uh, to the privates, uh, but as the corporal kind of leans in and says. Thank you. I think that's I think that's everything. Watching the sergeant getting ready to leave, um, but mentions if you are all from Purgatory Bluff, just be aware that you know, the U.S. Army has been robbed of considerable amount of <clears throat> armaments. Uh, and men. Hmm. Ant men. Oh yeah, that's. That's also true. Uh, though they were taken from closer to, to Mexico itself. But if um, if you happen to see something, send word up to Fort Leon and Fort Laramie. And, um, uh, uh, well, if you mention... Sorry, my mouse. Uh, you know, Corporal Thomas Armstrong, and I will see that the town of Purgatory Bluff is appropriately um, thanked if anything Very happens well. to come through your free and independent town. Like, he says that last part with uh, a little significance. And what is your sergeant's name? That is Sergeant Leo Waltz. We're uh, part of the first U.S. Dragoons G Company. We Very are well. on maneuvers and patrol through the Nebraska Territory. Thank you, Corporal. You've Can been... I just look at them with Mage Side up? See if I 
notice anything at all. Cool. Um, nothing... I'll spend the mana to get Prime as well. Okay. Yeah. Nothing stands out on any of them as something magical or unusual. Um, I imagine with Fate Sight definitely has some like, hmm, some of those threads get a little bit bloody and abruptly end, uh, but not all of them and not all of them on all of them. Uh, it's like, yep, yep, these guys will see combat at some point soonish. Um, but, uh, yeah, the corporal, like, finishes and kind of looks over and says, you have my sincerest apologies about the sergeant. <laughs> and I turns horse. to include you in this next statement. But I feel it must be said. Uh, and, like, as the sergeant's, like, mounting back up and about to ride away or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, she's just, like, really snipily, shittily, like, oh, sorry, I, I have heard his name twice now and just keeps going in one ear and out the other. Leo? Uh, Leo Waltz. Yes. Waltz. Sergeant Waltz, I hope you continue to be as uh, effective and uh, a uh, valuable asset to the U.S. Army as you have proven to be here today. Sergeant kind of looks over, like, 100% gets the intent of the statement and goes... And just says something to the bugler signaler and there's a horn and they're moving out just the mouth open mouth closed never mind it's like it is not worth it and yeah they move out onto the prairie i was fully prepared to throw down with a bunch of army men oh i know as soon as you said hone the form i'm like this could get interesting. <laughs> um, this was not intended as my, uh, yo, you combat. definitely got a, you know, combat encounter coming, but uh, yeah. Am I the asshole here, uppity sergeant? Yes. Um, there's much more polite ways to do that. Um, but yeah. To be fair, they had a decent point, which is, yeah, we look suspicious as fuck, but also... And I was like, why did you say you were going to Fort Leon while you were going away from Fort Leon? I was like, okay, they gotta investigate. They gotta... Something funky here. But... Not eventually. I was just gonna say we're on a trading mission. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right, and they, well, that was the issue also. You said this. She said that. And they don't quite... Wait, Fort Leon trading? Where, who are you? Yeah. I was like, okay, we gotta look in... Uh, actually, that's a pretty good pause spot. Um, yeah. So we will come back shortly. Uh, Twitch guys, get up, walk around, do some jumping jacks, pet the dog, touch hydrate. grass, hydrate, uh, or unhydrate, uh, if necessary. And YouTube guys, uh, blink and you miss it. The U.S. Cavalry, the Dragoons, head out into the scrub and you all continue your path south and then southwest. Um, Rilla. Shitty dragoons. None of them jumped or breathed fire. They were about to tank the floor, though. 
Okay. <laughs> Final Fantasy. Yeah, that's it. The trifecta. That's yep. um, but uh, yeah, so they, they move off. You guys kind of, well, they move parallel to your course um, and soon are left behind as you all continue south. Um, now, south of town. You said they're moving parallel. Excuse me, perpendicular. Thank you. Um, and uh, basically make it to the end of the second day. Um, again, no weird shenanigans that night. Um, other than possibly some uh, de-stress from probably the whole group of like realizing we're are we actually going to fight them? Loki's Ash's mouth opening. I don't know. I mean, we might have been able to win, but we would be left with a dozen dead military men just they south of town. They'd never find the bodies. We would be left with a dozen military men who disappeared just south of town. But they were on patrol. I mean, and they've got the There's horses. A it's a it's a it's a big area for. 12 men to get lost. Just, I mean, Theo's got a point. We could have disabled them without harming them. That's probably what we would have done. My next move was to took their horses. See? Easy enough to shoo things along. Oh, yes, I was prepared to defend ourselves. If they had ideas of taking our supplies. That's that's the part where really like perception. Like you watch probably the the bit of naivete kind of. It's like wait, is that actually you, a concern? Yes. Did you just now realize? Well, I hadn't thought about it. They were looking for stolen things. They wanted to check things out. We just had to show him. I, I was actually kind of confused about the tension, but I kind of get it now. Militaries of the world have a long history of commandeering supplies from the citizens in the lands in which a war is going on. Your country has been quite good at it throughout history. <laughs> you should watch your mouth open. <laughs> Pause. Jules places a hand on her shoulder and she goes, Oh. Wow. Yeah. Maybe it's for the museums. Right. Um, what you consider, or what you and your people would call preserving in a museum, many other people would call plundering. I'm not speaking of valuables. I'm speaking of food, of cloth for uniforms, of gunpowder and bullets supplies to make more war. Also true. But no, I actually hadn't thought about that. I took it at face value. Hmm. It's generally safest to be cautious around a dozen heavily armed men. Patrolling around in the wilderness. 
from my experience traveling the world, usually I was the one with the men with guns. And I never saw anything untoward. Right, the world probably looks a lot different from that perspective. Yeah. Hmm. Before we make this any more real <laughs> world than we... <laughs> Cook was going to say one, one last thing. He's going to say, I realize you reminded us all yesterday. It doesn't really matter what somebody tells you. Because Lalias in Verba. Yeah. So I left that behind. And actually, I think as she says that, and then she has... Is Cloak still carrying the Asone, like, even here in the camp? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. Rilla says that, and then has this, oh, the, the, the wires connected, looks down at the Asone and the backup, and, like, eyes kind of wide. Cloak, what are you... Are you planning on leaving that? I am. That's, um, like, the earrings was a big thing, I felt like, and, and the headstone was a big thing, but that's, for lack of a better term, that's power. That's, that's like, a part of you, like, not a, a representation. That's, you use that. It is something I use, but I could use something else. That's true, but... Oh. Wow. What are instruments, if not things that help us accomplish something, but they are not the thing in and of themselves? I believe we get distracted by the tools we use to accomplish our goals. I mean, I, I understand, but from, from my perspective, that's... I mean, it's not just... A tool. It is part of you. Cook then looks down and says, I believe you're expressing empathy, and I thank you for that. In truth, the part I'm leaving behind the most is not power or part of myself, but the last lingering part of someone who cared for me when most others didn't, because it was hard for me to care for them. But the journal tells us to leave behind the attachments of the past and move into our awakened selves. And I've learned that knowledge I've gained by becoming a Nugan and leading Les Enfants here and integrating my understanding of the world with my understanding of the supernal means that this will always be with me. I can retain the representation of this in my mind. As when we walk the astral, we can summon examples of our tools. They will be with us. And so that is what I'm stripping and retaining 
not its utility, but its significance for me. I will retain its sympathy, its connection to me in my own mind, and leave behind the physical object that allows me to utilize that sympathy when I work my will. Hmm. It's an interesting way to look at it. Will you disconnect it? I've been steadily doing that these past two days. It is no longer as powerful, but still yet retains some connection to me. But tomorrow night, before I go to bed, I will lay it to rest in the earth, and it will no longer be a part of my life. And then he says, he looks at um, Gisela directly and says, the threads need to be unraveled, right? It's not just a binary connection. Correct. Kind of hearkening back to the conversation mm-hmm. they had before. I think the evening kind of dips into, probably at this point now, like a talk of what everybody i mean there's been conversation already about what everybody is leaving behind um but i think amongst the group there's some discussion of you know the past versus you know being being mages and you know the the actual nature of oh yeah there is some stuff to leave behind and what do we not leave behind um what is you know fundamental to us and you know things like that uh but unless anything else happens that evening and if yep yep theo's gonna leave another impression behind mm. uh, and i'll do some extra ritual durations if that's required but she wants to build like a replica of the workshop here underground oh cool um with like a um, a, f- a picture of made out of earth, whatever shaped out of earth, but of Catherine, and amongst all the rest of the paraphernalia, it's all just like it's a, it's all just shaped from the earth, but it looks like her workshop. Gotcha. Mm. Like in miniature? No. <laughs> I mean, the workshop isn't that huge anyway, but like sure. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And and sealed up. Or is yep. it and then okay. and then and she's done she's gonna completely seal it up so no one can get to it but it's still gonna be there. be there I, mm-hmm. I like that just kind of into the evening working at this and, and at this point you know it's for her or the ritual but you know doesn't I like that cool um but yeah uh I think <laughs> Ju- mm-hmm. and then just in the morning I wanted to have a brief talk with Claire. But yeah, overnight, everybody gets a point of willpower. No spooky visitors or anything like that. Cool. Uh, would it be too much of an interruption for Isabel to not sleep and instead do something that evening? Sure, go for it. Go for it. Because as we meet the precipice of her awakened present and her awakened future, she feels that it is finally time to talk to her watcher. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if this is when this exactly was going to happen. Um, how many successes is that? Because I, I know you calculated up a while ago. 15 like... base. Mm-hmm. 
And Watcher gives me some minus. I think it's minus five. That's what I was thinking too. Is it minus five? Mm -hmm. I was thinking two. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah no, it's it's ridiculously useful for summoning yeah. the same. Yeah, it's five base successes instead of ten. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Mm -hmm. So I only need ten. Um, spends just a little bit of time um, laying out a a place of rest fitting for a great beast. Gotcha. Uh, do you go there. well away from the group yeah, then? Yeah, yeah. Okay. For sure. uh, and a call? Sure. Save your one. There we go. Alright, so I'm looking for nine. Nine dice. Or nine Alrighty. successes. <laughs> one. Five. <laughs> Six. <laughs> nine. <laughs> This is a friggin' roller coaster over here. All right. There we go. Mm -hmm. One more. That most of my what? Oh, you need nine. Never right. mind. Cool. Nine. Sweet. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. But and I imagine with, did she do, perform the ritual with her mage side up? Mm hmm. And so I imagined like watching this thing steadily like flow closer and closer. And specifically, this thing has paced the area passing mm -hmm. over the the space that you've set up for it just pacing back and forth um steady no change in its you know self and then as you know tension builds and it steps through um it steps and it's the very it's not a dog jumping on you to say hello but more of the like chest to chest body slam of greeting um and just like there is a assigning emotions to a supernal being is a bad idea because they do not think the way we do but there is some like i can now touch you familiarity right uh body slam up against you and then you know, kind of patrols a circle around and then just in a very familiar form that you've seen before lays itself down and just like there's no no request no question nothing it is it is happy in a companionable silence but it's right. watching you knowing like hey now that you've done this you probably want something How do you wish me to refer to you? I am the one who strides the sky and walks among the clouds. A fitting reflection of my goals. 
its head nods um, and you know there's a little bit of a doggy grin and it nods and says yes I'm curious about you and uh, have I proven entertaining as of yet worth your curiosity you are worthy yes the true show the entertainment is not far away oh I have seen your futures seen the mage that you may become seen the touch of others upon you in the past and the future that shape you into numerous variations some drastically different than others and it is interesting enough that I subject myself to the human flow of time to watch it happen out of character is this a lifetime wolf yes hell yeah that's cool interestingly enough i was telling ashley the other day that i'm thinking about getting some time magic <laughs> cool gotta be able to dodge bullets sure that's, that's really all i care about that's i don't fair. actually want to look at anything i don't want to do any time magic. <laughs> just want to dodge bullets and throw spells really fast <laughs> Lifetime wolf equals win. Yes. It's got some other arcana, obviously, but yes, its primary right. factors are life and time. Well. Your presence in my sight is a comfort. And I hope that when I too stride the skies. lightning pouring from my body and thunder crashing as my will that it shall be a satisfied curiosity that you possess I will not be satisfied until I've seen your end it is a-okay to take some Fenrir vibes from this guy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I don't know that she knows any right. Norse mythology to, you know, start thinking about offering a hand or anything, but... <laughs> don't do that either. Uh, no. But... That yeah. was my last character. 
Right. Um, but no, it's it's just through conversation. It is definitely here. It has seen the story of Petrichor and its variations, and it's like, yeah, I'm gonna observe that shit. No pressure. Very well. You may rest here as long as you are comfortable. But did you give him much much time being comfortable? But I know the den was ill prepared for a long stay. Might as well speak with the acanthus. All of you need to learn to do this better. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I'm the only one that's done Soulstone and the main stuff. Mm-hmm. Just was in a hurry to do this tonight. Yep. Because I think she was like trying to time it for her best guess of when midnight was. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, what What did that journal say? Yeah, this seems like the right time to do this. Yeah, yeah. That's when you summon the Time Wolf. Yeah. The Time the Wolf. Time Wolf. With the Time Knife. Yep. <laughs> We've all We've seen it. We've all him. seen it. Uh, if you haven't seen uh, the Time Knife, please go watch The Good Place. Good Anyways. Place. But. <sighs> yeah. So it. It lounges, uh, but yeah, since you didn't give extra successes towards time being here and no, not asking for anything, just slowly fades back, you know, similar to actually how you watch spirits shift back into twilight mm-hmm. and it just, but rather than being gone, like some of the other supernal beings, right. yeah, yeah, it's just there waiting. Uh, of note, now that you have actually summoned it and spoke with it, it is not nearly uh, just in a general sense, no longer lingering in your mm-hmm. active main site all the time. You're going to shift more towards gotcha. the, the way the merit actually mm-hmm. works, which is, I think, spend right. a mana for it to show up. Mm-hmm. But Man yeah. Water, I think, yeah. But it, um, yeah, it specifically is a, um, it was like, hi, I'm here. Hi, I'm here. Hi, I'm here. Okay, finally, you summoned me. Cool. I now get we- it. <laughs> I'm working on it. Treat, treat, have acknowledged. Treat? Mm-hmm. treat? Is it time for a treat? Uh, cool. <laughs> hey, Thank <listen>. you, Perry. <laughs> um, hey, listen, indeed. Cool. Uh, so, end of night two. Everybody gets that willpower. Um, I didn't actually count how many hours. Uh, one, two, three, four. Actually, that's not too bad. I mean, still spent a good bit of the, the evening, but if you started at sundown, that's still going to bed at 10, 11. So. I mean, if you tell me you can have a willpower, I'll take a willpower. Yep. But I was prepared to go without. Nope, I'm a-okay with it. Um, cool. And into day three, which uh, Cloak is waiting until the night of day three. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so yeah, you guys continue south in this same meandering southeast south southwest path craig you're saying something yeah just while we're getting ready in the morning and having breakfast and stuff you'll just um find yourself next to cloak and just say i i just want you to know i took note of your forbearance yesterday with the soldiers Hmm. thank you uh, my 
based my impressions of you, I imagine it was difficult to not jump in and de-escalate. So I wanted to acknowledge. I appreciate your acknowledgement. That's it. Book smiles at you. It looks genuine. It looks genuine. <laughs> no, I mean, like, it looks genuine to me. You can, like, whether or not you can tell, right? Like, you feel right. that it's genuine. Yeah. <laughs> you feel there are no traps on this chest. <laughs> That's right. You believe there are no traps. Yes. You feel that there are some. <laughs> yes. And you know he doesn't smile often, so. Right. Um. So, yes. Uh. You guys continue then uh, through the night uh, southward, or not through the night, through the day southward, having a little stop. Um, Rilla asks a couple more questions of uh, Cloak about the dedicated magical tool and the idea of this, uh, the same stuff and some of the stuff I know that you're planning on doing with the character and dedicating more broadly. Um, and Rilla, especially being and Abrimos and into Prime and Yantras mm. and stuff like that. It's like, hmm, interesting. That's a concept. And because D Rilla still does not have a dedicated magical tool. And so the idea mm. of doing Whoa. something that's not a tool to carry around, but something broader. Um, and for her, as you and everybody else can kind of hear the conversation, uh, I was very intrigued in the idea because a dedicated magical tool is pulled in and is part of your pattern and so she has been looking for something not necessarily utilitarian um uh, or a part of her past similar to the asone or the hag stone uh mm -hmm. but she is thinking of something that because she is actively trying to shape her shadow name and her persona and having seen the names that you all have taken and the way they've shaped it, she's being very, very methodical, very mm. scientific approach to it, and is trying to adjust the way her nimbus works and you know things Ooh. like that. And she's very, very carefully trying to uh, direct that. So yeah, the idea of like, oh, I don't need to take a, you know, uh, astrolabe as her thing or a sextant or something else because of her scientific things she's like well i could do like you know a time I mean, of day i have the, the needle i've made for hmm the my dedicated tool is the silver needle oh that's right yeah not the hagstone right it was made with the with the shadow name in mind right yeah so actually yeah very similar stuff as you guys are sitting on the on the wagon and discussing that and it's like, mm -hmm. okay, but what if instead of just even a needle, something greater? Because, yeah. yeah. That's what Cloak says. He, when, when she says it, she says, he, he says, uh, I think it will require the remaining duration of this journey. But I will be able to do exactly what you're thinking, which is dedicate something intangible, something other than a physical representation of our former selves or a representation of mundane activities. It can be anything because it's a part of you and there are so many parts of us other than the tools we hold in our hands. Which actually is another uh, oddity of Rilla. She, when she does cast spells, she very, very, very rarely ever uses a 
path tool yantra um, usually she's pulling on the the environment or using concentration and stuff like that um so some of the weirdness of her her path and me awesome. trying to not play rilla like one of my characters and be like what would what would rilla do and not drifter 2.0 uh <laughs> um right so through the day uh, uh of note as you guys are kind of nearing the end of the third day you do see the patrol the um the cavalrymen at a distance um mm -hmm. but well off and not headed in your direction but you can see that they're moving it looks like while you guys are doing this zigzag motion south they are more hauling ass south and then mm. you know searching areas and stuff like that so yeah they are in some kind of search um this is just the story hook there's a possibility looking into where these guns have gone or something like that should you guys want to do that whole get reputation with the u.s army fort leon side quest uh I don't think they... <laughs> yeah, a lot of head shakes. I'm like, that's fine. If you don't rip with this faction, correct. Sorry, what was that, Ralph? I couldn't quit here. Cloak is is probably going to initiate um, a search for information in the astral, and then if nothing turns up. He's not going to invest too much time in it, but mm -hmm. he suspects that somebody's talked about these guns, and it'll lead him somewhere. Gotcha. So. Okay. Yeah, definitely something I might be able to do next session. We'll see. Um, cool. Um, he also has other things in his mind, you know. Right. He needs to find a god to help a man. It's, I saw that aspiration. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> Been there for sessions. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Da, 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 da. Learn through my notes. Okay, cool. Um, so you guys get to the end of that third night. Um, make camp. Set up shop. Um, does cloak put any particular ritual into leaving behind his asone he does mm -hmm. uh the asone for him represents community it represents opportunity um it represents uh moving from a familiar past to an unfamiliar future and it represents restraint and i think a campfire is a great representation of a lot of those things for him because a hearth is a place where people come to feel safe um, when you build a campfire it needs to be contained uh, because there's a lot of potentially unbridled energy there and the purpose of building it the way you do is so that it warms everybody allows you to cook and eat without destroying everything around and so um if, if people are up and watching that's fine he's not doing this in secret mm -hmm. but um uh once the sun goes down he sits in front of the campfire and then um, he's going to cast an improvised spell of knowing, or I guess unveiling, but um, one dot spell of space, um, broad scale down to try and find a pocket beneath the ground. Okay. So he's going to try and map out the spaces mm -hmm. underneath the campfire, right? This spot where we've designated where we're going to camp on the last day. And he's going to look for um, a space in the soil. Right, that's open, or with rocks and stuff, whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's where he's going to place the assault. Now, this is not even dig; he's going to send it there. 
And the reason why he's going to do it, he could just dig, is that um, he wants it to not be damaged or destroyed. He wants to leave this symbol, this representation there, and integrate it into the soil so that the bone will become a part of the soil. Right. That it won't just get dug up. I like that. Cool. Yeah, no need to roll dice. Badass narrative stuff never needs dice cool. rolled. Um awesome. But yeah, and especially, I think Rilla is watching, especially from her perspective, and some of this is Drew's perspective, watching Cloak watch the fire, and she's like, he's going to burn it. <laughs> and she, she's ready to like, because I was planning this, like, oh yeah, I'll, we'll make sure it burns up, there's nothing left. And and then suddenly, I imagine the Asone, there's the peripheral mage site, ping, and then the Asone is just gone she she kind of starts a little bit and looks over and goes, mm-hmm. "What'd you do with it?" I of placed it explained. in the ground. Right. She goes, "Oh, very symbolic, but less uh, flamboyant than I thought you were going to do." And she looks over at the fire, and she still casts the the spell that she was <laughs> ready to cast, and the fire just kind of gets bonfire large uh Ooh. for a moment and you know, then drops away she's like yep well he then says uh well i appreciate you being willing to help me and if you would like a token in gratitude i'd be grateful if you would accept these and he has in his hands the shells that he had wrapped around the assault Hmm. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, she accepts them and kind of looks over them. And because if you remember correctly, they've got kind of a prayer bead kind of mm-hmm. set up, and which for yeah. her, she's not a Catholic at all, but you know, starts working her fingers over them and just kind of interested in them. And I think probably ends up holding and you know, for lack of a better term, playing with them over over the course of fidgeting with them is probably a good term. Playing with them over the night. Or worrying. Worrying. That's a good I learned that word. Or I remember that word. In our, uh, in our space game. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the magical worry stone and Tully just kept shouting, I am worried, trust me. <laughs> oh, I slipped mine to work. I had a, a big Labradorite one. Here I've got an orb. That's the same orb orb yeah no i i honoring that i fidget with my my squishy venom um mm-hmm. all venoms are squishy <laughs> and uh Oopie. um so what wild shit happens where's the snake <laughs> okay and uh right my bit that i have mm-hmm. finished up with um i'm going to find like we have like little scrubby trees, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, and I'm just going to wrap it around and tie it off on one, so that it will be kind of whips in the air a little bit. Uh, no, it's more that I want it to be here and then to uh, decompose here. Gotcha. So less less of a flag and more of just let it just yeah suffer the passages of time. Cool. Take because it's full of little like 
emblems and symbols of her past, especially like way back. And, Germany, yeah. West, out to purgatory. Just gonna tie it around the tree and let it go. Definitely think, you know, Rilla and Jules have been asking about it. It's like, wait, scarf? Isn't this the right, you know, wrong weather for that? And, you know, oh, okay. Getting the, yeah, it would have been, like, explaining what the little, like, this was a pattern for my grandmother's sweater. And... I like that. Canon Gisela makes terrible Christmas sweaters every year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ugly Christmas sweaters, excuse me. Uh, they're not terrible at all. Uh, cool. I mean, especially in the context, they're probably considered quite beautiful. Yep. Right? The whole all ugly the patterns, Christmas sweater yeah. trend started with us looking at the ones in the past. Yep. Um, fabulous. Uh, anything else that you guys talk over or discuss that evening uh yeah cloak goes to jules mm-hmm. and he says jules you seem to curious about the rune that really left the runes and the the high speech and the it's okay well i i miss a lot of what i could have had there definitely have some regrets of not standing the fires of pandemonium and oh yeah yeah have i not discussed that he saw pandemonium and nope the fuck out sorry chris you're nope. muted no you did not i thought he was a moros you did not say this no oh, well yes i think you definitely said he saw what he awakened to, but I think you specifically did not say which realm it was. Ah, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so in that case, yes. Uh, he, he says, yeah, I, I, you know, I saw pandemonium. I saw um, people reduced to their, and well, and then nods at you and their subsequent parts and thoughts and desires and feelings and the this world of matter and he kind of picks up and drops some rocks and all just gone and i i couldn't keep my metal i couldn't i couldn't and so um it was it was tough um and you know kind of nods because knows that you have seen this place and says the only thing that i wish that I had kept. Well, the biggest thing I wish I had kept was those symbols. The code. That's what you wish? I mean, if I had a second chance, I'd wish to be awakened again and maybe a place less terrible, but... Um, what do you think Pandemonium's real purpose and function is? It's a challenge. I mean, that that, that much I know. I've, I've spoken to Medino on all five realms, uh, trying to understand if I ever got a do-over or something like that, a, a, a second chance, what I would wish, what, what I could handle, but... What is the real function of a challenge? 
I mean, to weed it's an out. Opportunity. I mean, just one way or another, weed out or challenge or yeah. But what I mean, Jules, is you seem crestfallen about how you describe it as being insufficient to the challenge and you lost something as a consequence I, I do not feel insufficient I feel as though considering you all and considering what Rilla had gone through I feel that I should have been better prepared not by any of you <laughs> like looking around being like I'm not blaming this on anybody here but it's like I thought I you know, I thought I would be ready for something like this. I talked to Rilla, I talked to Benito, I talked to all of you, I talked to the uh, the, the Diamond Order. Actually, no, he would not have talked to the Diamond Order. <laughs> um, and I thought maybe when something happened, I would be ready for it, and I just I could not keep going on. Um, and for, for context for everybody else, like his his awakening was like a day or two um mm -hmm. and he had the whole mystery play and at the time for all of you it was a very similar like okay <laughs> we're gonna ship him out to uh well theo's house and just leave him out in the yard and you know just keep an eye on him um and it was rilla 2.0 but yeah it, he came out suddenly uh, especially because i imagine theo would have kept an eye on him considering her yeah and scrutinized right and, yeah yeah and just instead of having that bump of awakening that rilla had all of a sudden he's stumbling out eyes wide and like holy shit i've seen some things but yeah no he probably hasn't he hasn't talked about what he saw and but yeah he just like i, I couldn't keep it up i was tormented and prodded and can I give you some advice? Oh, sure. I was in Pandemonium, or at least in the material world, was nine days. Naturally, that felt like an eternity. And I realized something while I was there, is that I was prolonging my own suffering. My resistance to what Pandemonium had to teach me is what made it last as long as it did. That once I accepted what I was to understand about myself and about my opportunities, it ended. Hmm. I awakened. I was fortunate to have enough time to do so. Perhaps you weren't. However, the real lesson from going to hell is that heaven exists. Pandemonium is about opposites. It's about pain and suffering as much as it is about joy. Because pain and suffering teaches us that what we do can bring us closer to one extreme or the other. So the advice I have for you is that you have a unique perspective even though you cannot work your will the way we do. And having glimpsed pandemonium, 
you understand more than so many other people in this world that if you try and escape from your own demons you they will always hamper you I have worked on that part though good both literal and metaphorical ones I've seen more things now now of course I feel like oh yeah I could handle it I'd be ready kind of needs a shrug and you know non-committal gestures but to be honest and vulnerable none of us are really sure if we would make it a second time because the suffering we undergo is a matter of context. He kind of grins and kind of looks over. Oh, really didn't suffer. Just going to (laughs) say. The weight of potential is its own suffering. The weight of destiny as well. That's true. She came out. And then Cloak realizes something he was really excited about that he like, thought of a year ago and now that he's talking to Jules and having a conversation he remembers and he says oh my gosh so you've been experimenting with contacting ephemeral beings yes have you contacted any Goetia Mm. Benito and I have made attempts but as he has explained to me, Goetia are not native to our world. Um, they are far less populous than uh, spirits or even ghosts. Um, ghosts are easy to find. Spirits are everywhere. Goetia are um, intermittent. And usually only in places of um, vast populations are unlikely to find one in Purgatory Bluff unless there's enough, what did Benito say, resonance and the interactions of unique circumstances. Such as those you find in Haiti. Perhaps. It's my understanding. The reason why I ask this is, in Vodou, one thing that happens is you form a temporary bond with the Goetia. And they help you understand yourself and help you reach new heights. Help you see the symbols you're meant to see. If you'd like to do that, I could help you. I would... Kind of pauses and thinks and kind of looks around the camp and says, I do not want to distract from the journey that you are all on. 
I don't mean right now. No. But when we return... He says home and then kind of does a double take and realizes, oh shit, yeah, Purgatory Bluff is home for him now too. Um, and says, when we return home, yes. Um, I would feel... I would feel poorly if I left Benito out of the opportunity. Would that be okay? Not necessarily to offer him the same, but for him to be there to observe? He's your guest. That's okay with me. Yeah. Yeah, if nothing else, it will be a new novel experience. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, but yeah, he, like he he's weighing things and then kind of nods. It's like it's similar to, you know, summoning spirits with Isabel here. If you are here and it is a Goetia and um, yeah, well, my, and if I if if I do that, I'm going to feel obligated to work with Theo and uh, speak with the dead. <laughs> like the dread he's like it's like spirits are weird you know otherworldly things demons are weird otherworldly things but ghosts those are dead people man like it's weird right <laughs> which is possibly a conversation he has had with theo before or theo's well actually does theo treat in in her mind does she think of ghosts differently like as a different category from the other ephemerals or does she no, they're all just ephemeral beings. She thinks of them differently. Um, but she like she doesn't think of them as people. Mm -hmm. She thinks of them as echoes, like they're mm. a residue. Right. Yeah, because mm. I, I remember back when you were talking about sending on uh, Elliot to, mm. you know, it's like, oh, no, we're freeing your soul was was the was the idea. Oh, no, she's, she's very aware that there like there's no soul there. Right. So this is just a like a an echo lingering behind after somebody's gone. Gotcha. You're doing or whatever a service reason. by helping it move mm -hmm. on. If they want to. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, so uh so Jules is like, yeah, now if I do Goetia, done demons from someplace. Done spirits. We'll do Goetia. Yeah, I guess I'll have to do ghosts and see what other things are out there. Benito says there's angels, but I don't know if I necessarily want to summon one of God's like soldiers. That seems blasphemous. Do you want to help me find mine? <laughs> Your angel? My fate ephemerals. <laughs> I mean, if you have a place to look, I'm... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because that is... Like I said, Jules doesn't have an obsession, but he does have an obsession with cataloging and finding and meeting and interacting with ephemeral beings, especially if he can figure out how to interact with them from the fallen magic side and what rituals and rites to perform, so... The, so that's one the Gisela is still little bit caught up on which is that there should be something here mm -hmm. everybody else has got one yep but yeah so jules 
definitely says, yeah, I, you know, summoned Goetia and, you know, um, you, you said mounted. That would be an interesting experience because um, <clears throat> it has been made very clear to me that being possessed by a spirit is a no-no. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> From across the... Actually, yeah, because Jules um, wasn't there for the claiming, but I think the explanation, because I feel like I remember out uh, was discussing it. Right, yeah. When they, when they had their date. That's right. It's like, oh, yeah, we, we definitely do not cross that. Um, but yeah, I would I would be very interested in in that. And um, hmm. where would the Goisha come from? From the Tominos. Hmm. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. But could we start with something? He almost says friendly, and then says uh, more local. We something can. from your mind or my mind if right. you wish that would be safer right I do not think so and I think that's a good spot to like pin that conversation well you guys have the conversation of no, no listen just because it's from your Oneros does that in any way mean it is friendly yeah. or happy to see you <laughs> it's like pull up that really bad memory from the 7th grade yeah, yeah. still gonna shove you into a locker <laughs> Good stuff. Um, <clears throat> is there anything else? Uh, yeah. Do we have some metal, or can I find some metal and bring it to the surface? Or cool. Oh, I mean, probably in There's probably iron. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say some, not like huge amounts, but yeah, there's probably some that you could find and you know work and maybe a bigger spell to you know, draw up from the earth and pull out of something, but what'd you have in mind? Like, how much iron are we talking about needing? I want to make a crown. Ooh. <laughs> Theo is leaning into some, not left-handed, but some, uh, some boss bitch mood <laughs> over here. It's like, listen, <laughs> I love that. Um, but yeah, en enough for like, kind of a, like, filigree kind of crown. Sure. Yeah. Or, well, yeah, even a, a larger crown doesn't, because it's not going to be thick iron. Yeah, it's uh, not going to be like, yeah. 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 Or something. It's not I mean, a cast iron skillet in the shape of a crown. That's right. That 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 is also true. You do have probably mm -hmm. some some, uh, some, some even, cooking utensils, should you wish to. Um... Use your own metal if you would like. But... Mm -hmm. Pulling it out of the ground is cool. Mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah, yeah, it's just a matter of, like, like, connected to you versus connected to here. Yeah, right? I don't, I don't, it's, yeah, it's more... And and where the matter, where the metal comes from doesn't really matter for what I'm calling for. Mm -hmm. So, um, during the evening, um, Theo definitely does the mental shift to Baba Sarah. Mm -hmm. And then using um, shaping, she will fashion a crown um, with, uh, like, a... a 
ten-pointed crown. Mm. And then using Prime, she will do invisible runes uh, with one rune for each um, the Arcana. For each Arcana. Nice. Remember, invisible runes. Da, 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 da. Short message. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. This is <laughs> this is songbird tagging the neighborhood spell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. Cool. Um, and how long is that invisible runes going to last? Because we might actually need to roll that one. Um, I actually want to tie that one off. Oh. Same question. So indefinite, you mean? Yeah. Like, okay. That's yeah. a big. That's a big in spell. Yeah, you got to roll that one. Because that's let's see, you're you've got prime two, mm -hmm. uh, so you're you need minus six, yeah. In terms of duration, you don't need potency. Yeah, so very very doable, but yeah. I think it's minus eight. We have prime two. That is a duration spell. Minus two, minus six, minus eight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so minus eight. Minus eight or minus, because I've got prime two already. It's a duration spell. Right, so that one, puts one. you at one day. And so then week month year oh, right yeah, yeah yeah right yeah okay all right and indefinite um and i just need one for the events one reach for the scale and then an additional reach to make it indefinite why the scale oh sorry not uh, for against duration and then one yeah. more for uh indefinite uh, for the duration on a spell that's intended to clash, it's better just to put it as a year as opposed to indefinite, because then it doesn't cost a mana and an extra reach, you just maintain your pattern. Yep. And I think you and indefinite have the same bonus on clash, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Good same clash bonus. Yeah, but she does wanna she does wanna maintain it. Oh yeah, no no. We Yeah, yeah, just okay. Side side. We just talking about another benefit from the I want to try and uh, bring in, having scrutinized um, Rilla Soul during her awakening, mm -hmm. and having scrutinized uh, Jules' soul during his um, failed awakening. Failed awakening. I want to try and use those as yantras. Ooh. Yeah, you can certainly try. Uh, so that'd be three, three, um, willpower, and can I take some extra ritual durations? I guess sure. just one, get three hours at my three hours, right? You're at gnosis three, so one hour. Oh, one hour, okay. So I'll do an extra. This will take a while. Oh, that's not a minus, so she will plus up. And that's two reach, which is fine. 
because it's one for advanced duration and then an additional to make it indefinite. Okay, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, it's still fine. So three, four, five, um, minus one is four. Mm-hmm. I got that right. Um... Big spell. It's not a big deal. Maybe did this with two dice. Hey, oh, there you go. <laughs> Three successes. Go. Um, spend your willpower dot. Mm -hmm. Relinquish it. And Stay mana. Free. Wait, mana? Isn't it mana? Oh, just willpower dot? Mm -hmm. To relinquish safely, yeah. You still owe mana mm -hmm. for the indefinite, but yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And okay. I think, especially it being prime, everybody's peripheral maid site, you know, uh, goes off, but Rilla especially goes, what? what was that? And, you know, maid site turns on, she can see the, you know, little crowns. Now, you said 10 pointed uh, crown. Let, I mean, what, what does the, the crown look like? Because um, knowing where this might be going. Um, yeah. The mundane side, it just looks like a like a, a, a crown with um, ten little um, um, raised bits on it. Mm -hmm. um, with little circles. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, to Awakened Eyes, you can see all the different arcana uh, grouped in pairs spread around the, the crown. Gotcha. So uh, basically, like, the two ruling are kind of paired up, not the... That's right. Not doing the pentagram over your head or anything like that. Pentacle. No. Yeah, okay. Cool. I like that. Which I imagine when you set it on your head, you got matter and death. Well, you, you because you could go any way, right? Right, I know, but the way yeah, you're yeah. sitting it. The way I would sit it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not wearing it. Hmm. I'm just going to leave it here. Sure. Um, and the idea behind leaving it is that this is a gift that I'm giving to someone. Oh, cool. Cool. And yet it's again, the, Craig the, is leaving behind a coin to try and nudge somebody <laughs> into awakening. No, this is just symbolic, and I don't expect yeah. anyone will ever find it. Yeah. It's just a random iron crown set out in the middle of the American frontier I almost said wasteland, but just mm -hmm. uh, grasslands, I guess. Um, cool. Anybody else going to interrupt me, or can we go on to the next morning? Actually, please interrupt me, because I literally have no prep for next week. Uh... <laughs> and, and just one final thing, just in Theo's head, this is called oh, one a, more thing. a Promethean crown. Promethean, Promethean crown. crown. Yes. Oh, Cool. I do appreciate, and I don't know if Craig thought about it, but um, yeah, yeah, an iron crown. Sure, go Craig. Wrong. <laughs> she used the material she had on hand, that's all. Cultural appropriation, Craig. <laughs> Is it? Sears. Sear uh, culture. Yeah. I mean, you've got the... Actually... Point of order. What happened to the robe and where is it? So I was going to dis I have an option for that. Mm -hmm. That's something that Isabel would go for. Um, sort of similar to what Cloak did to 
to hide the Asone. We could put it in a space in the mine, deep in the walls. Um, another thing I want to bring up, just this is a place people won't bother it, it's because okay. um, as Milo V3, thanks buddy, uh, has pointed out, artifacts are not like invulnerable. They have higher durability, but they're not like limited to being destroyed only by something like the Ocean Ouroboros or anything like that. One can destroy them; it just takes a little bit extra effort. All right. So yeah, like did we. We wanted to destroy it, right? Mm -hmm. I would have been in favor of just getting rid of it then. Thunder yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's why I was asking. Like, could you just sort of disassemble it? Fucking chop it up. Yeah. So throw the three dots of matter and death. Turn it into gas. Mm. That's a, a big knife and a fire, but sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna like <laughs> unravel it and burn the threads. <laughs> I like that, uh, which I, I I think may actually be just to, so we don't retcon anything. It's just that discussion and we're hanging out and it's like, what are we going to do with that thing? And really goes, Get rid of it. Yeah, kill it. Like we could just burn it and see what happens. Um, and uh, you guys just set it. Well, not free, uh, but yeah, destroy it. Um, I didn't previously push the idea of destroying it um, just in case you guys wanted to investigate further and follow it but yeah if you guys are like nah fuck this thing guys set it on fire uh, let the motherfucker burn I believe is the phrase cool um, leaving at that point just the athame uh, which I believe Cloak still is carrying no Isabel had it uh, that's right um, yeah that's right okay. yeah that's right because it was a knife with a angry blood spirit yeah we entrusted isabel yeah to manage whatever's going on so cool um all right well as i said i uh, i don't have prep for the next leg of this journey um well all right then. specifically mm -hmm. i don't have the the uh, <laughs> the writing uh prepared mm -hmm. so uh we will call it here for the night um trying to think yeah, I guess that's it. So, uh, oh, actually, um, hmm. yeah, let's do this then. Mm -hmm. uh, considering it's been another few days that Cloak has been at the Inner Steedlon, right? Mm -hmm. uh, he has acquired what he believes to be reasonably sufficient knowledge to try and make an offering to and engage with. Uh, who might be a possible aid to Salazar. Cool. So he's now at five dots of a cult. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, if you want to have a, a like a couple minutes. Considering where, considering where we're at, and yeah. because I do want that to take some time, we may start with that yeah. next week. Um, okay, no worries. Yep. Because uh, I was like, ooh, yes, because I want that to be, because that's going to be a, um, it's going to be a, a barter. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. Uh, one thing I did want to do is I wanted to offer to show Cloak fate connections. Mm. Isn't that what you did in the first day? I mean, we didn't. We just kind of chatted about it for a little bit. I was going to, like, use the Prime site and show you. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, okay. 
I, I didn't realize you wanted to engage that in character again. Because that's what I assumed was going to happen that following morning. I think, you, I think you guys had basically talked, but I think yeah. now... Yeah, and, and she said, well, I'll do it for you in the morning. But I might have misunderstood your out-of-character intent. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, I just said, like, yeah, we can we can do that. But then we never did. Sure. Fair enough. Cool. cool. But yeah. Hell yeah. Spending the night. Well, especially because at this point you are now at the, the end of the journey. It's like, okay. Grateful. We have a chance to sit and... Yeah, I also feel like she wasn't really talking a whole lot during this whole, like, three days of contemplation and work. That's true. <laughs> She's been like, I have to get this scarf done in three days. Um, I like that. See that? Cool. <sighs> just, it's a spell, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's shared sight, um, so it's just prime one plus so it's a prime spell but, yeah like I said it's it's a narrative thing so you don't need to roll yeah. can we recon it slightly that you were able to do that before he removed the last lingering sympathy on the Asan oh yeah to see it yeah, sure. at all and I like that that'd be cool that's really cool and it's like yep I've checked all the space connections let me take a look at the fate stuff yep and I imagine with Cloak's plan for it, like there's just this one little thread left for its existence for quite some time as it's yeah. just be like, nope, going to be buried under the earth for like a couple hundred years. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, unless something else comes in and happens to it. It's mm -hmm. just got the one. Cool. I like that. Awesome. Don't do it, Ziggy. Oh, the window's closed. It's fine. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, and uh, and that does a lot for him mm -hmm. because it, it crystallizes his understanding of um, his own connection to things mm -hmm. and um, that kind of fluid, more abstract nature to it. The other side of connections. Exactly, which is being, he's been really eager to perceive. Cool. All right. Well. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us. As always, if you want to join us on Discord, that's www.yeetinto.space. It is A-OK -okay to join us right now. Come, just hang out right now. Yes. Doesn't care. Come Don't on. worry about spoilers. Uh, come hang out, chat with us. We'd love to hear from you, hear about your wacky adventures. Come hear about what happens when you take Chronicles of Darkness to space. Um, it's been a ride. Um, and that's just happening in one channel. And we got other stories going on. And then we got pictures from cats and dogs and snakes and somebody had rats the other day i think so I yeah tigers and bears i don't know. think we've quite crossed into that yet but uh um... you have a pet bear and you watch our channel <laughs> please <laughs> contact Chris. if you haven't showed if you've been <laughs> refraining from sharing you've been holding back on us <laughs> how dare you already part of our discord and don't have a pet bear <laughs> don't try to adopt a bear yeah, please don't uh licensed professionals rescue zoos only thank you very much do show us your bear pics though like if you mm -hmm. see them out in the wild b-e-a-r go out uh, yes <laughs> yes uh, don't go out to intentionally get any <laughs> i mean when i was in uh what was it tennessee last there was one just like mm -hmm. chilling by the side of the road those are okay. like do not... 30 feet off from the road just like sitting like leaning on a log I mean, it's, it's the bear. What's, I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> Nothing. A bunch of people driving. stopped cars to get out of the car and just, like, 
take a photo of this bear that's just hanging out. Just chilling. Mm -hmm. But I would take a photo. I don't know that I would get out of the car. Right. Yes. Yeah, like I can roll the window down and be fine. Um, yeah. So come by Discord. It's it's a wacky place, and you like you think we were nerds just watching the show. Just wait. Um, but wait, there's no more. Give them that impression. Yeah. More more Sanderson and Final Fantasy references. We got an entire channel for video games. Yeah. But trust me, it's it's a great place to hang out. You are welcome here, uh, as you are. Um, if you want to support us monetarily, that's patreon.com slash occultistanonymous or staylucky.club. Um, that mm -hmm. money goes towards uh, hardware upgrades, art, which I need to talk to Brenna about. Um, and yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, stuff like that. And, dun, dun, dun. and of course, we got merch. Uh, also, if you have merch ideas, um, please don't draw anything. Please don't do anything like that because that makes things funny. But if you're like, oh, hey, there's this one funny line or this is a thing that keeps coming up or whatever let us know um uh my wife amanda likes making the merch but doesn't always have the creative drive to be like oh i came up with a thing also mm. you know um so yeah and it's also really cool if like we get stuff from you guys that, you know at least on on my end i think that's cool so um yeah we'll catch you all next week see you all soon bye